0: Y'all may be seated. I'm going to have Pastor Greg come up in just a second to read our scripture, but before we do, I'm going to give you a little public service announcement, okay? We're going through the seven deadly sins, and this is just a warning to parents and grandparents that next week we're going to be talking about lust, okay? So your little ones, if they should be welcome here, I have kids, I would let them come here this sermon, but if they're really itty-bitty and you don't want them asking you after service, what was that Pastor Laura was talking about? You may want to send them to childcare next week, okay? And if nobody shows up, no more public service announcements for y'all, okay? Our scripture is Proverbs 24, verses 30 and 31. I walked by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds, and its walls were broken down. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Sloth. Sloth? I mean, let's be honest, you guys. Out of the seven deadly sins, isn't this the one where you go, I'm probably okay here. (laughs) Right? Normally, when we think of slothfulness, we think of something very exterior, right? We think of that little animal that's really lazy and slow-moving, or we think, okay, maybe I'm going to spiritualize this a little bit, and maybe what God is talking about is care, right? Care of my possessions, care of my home, um, being on time. Some of us struggle there, but, you know, if I could be a little bit more on time, um, and a hard worker, right? And most of us, as Americans, we say, we're hard workers, we don't struggle with that. We're, we probably struggle with the opposite stopping, right? Because we work hard. So is, is this what God's talking about? If we just work hard and we keep our things neat and orderly, have we avoided the deadly sin of sloth? Bad news. That is not at all what God is talking about, at least not primarily, right? All of these sins become dangerous and deadly, not when they're outside of us, but when they move inside. And sloth comes from the Greek word asidia, which means no care. That's a problem of the heart, not of the exterior. Um, Think of it this way. Many people say the opposite of love is what? Hate. Hate, right. I've always had a little bit of a problem with that because love is so strong and good, and hate is very, very strong and bad. So I would like to propose, perhaps, that... A better opposite for love would be sloth. No care, no concern, nothing. Complete opposite of the activity of love is the total disconnect of sloth. Now, sloth is a different kind of a sin for us to contemplate, different than all the other of the seven deadly sins. You look at pride and greed and lust and anger and envy and gluttony, and those are all actions that we take that are wrong. And that's usually the way that we think of sin. We think of it as something that we are actively choosing, actively thinking, actively doing wrong. And theologians call these sins of commission. You lie, you cheat, you steal. You did something wrong. But that's where sloth is confusing because sloth isn't a sin of commission. It's what they call a sin of omission. It's when you hear the call of God and you go, Oh no, 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 no. It's when a gym is being built and you say, Well, I sure hope somebody else does that. It's when you see a need. And you look the other way. Sloth is not about what we do wrong. It's about what we fail to do that God is calling us to. And the sin of sloth is throughout the Bible. God is always talking about it, even though that word is used infrequently. So, for example, think of the story, one of the most famous stories of sloth is actually the Good Samaritan. You probably remember it's a story of a traveler who's on the road, and he's beaten, and he's left half dead. And Jesus says, and then along came a priest. Oh, the priest is here. Good. And the priest actually goes to look at the man and goes, I'm in a hurry, and I don't have time. And then along comes a Levite who is like a lay worker in the temple who is a person of God. And the Levite looks at the man and goes, and crosses on the other side of the road. Sloth. Sloth. And then finally along comes a Samaritan. But the Samaritan sees a man and he begins to to try to bandage him up and put him on the donkey and give his money, see money, time, skills to help this man. Another scripture, they're, they're throughout, but another scripture is this one of the vineyard where God is trying to teach us something about the danger of sloth. And in order for God to be able to do that, I need to teach you a little bit about land um, in ancient Israel. See, land was part of the promise that God made to his people. They were slaves. They owned nothing. They were property. And he said, I'm going to deliver you. And part of the symbol of that promise between us forever is I'm bringing you into land of milk and honey. And when the people finally got there and they fought battles and they won, then the promised land was divided up, not into states, but by tribes. So whatever ancestral tribe you were part of, that was your area of the country. And within that area, you had your ancestral plot of land. And you didn't say, well, I like Jana's land, and so I'm going to sell mine and trade it. I'm going to try to buy it. No, Jana wasn't selling her land. And I wasn't selling my land. That was God's promise to my family throughout the generations. It's what I would give to my kids. And so the more you enrich that land, you put on a farmhouse, you put in some fields, you put in a vineyard, the better off it was going to be when you handed it to the next generation. And a vineyard was one of the best things you could put on your land if it supported it because it took time to grow these ancient vines, to get them to where they were fruitful and strong, And once you invested that time and you had a strong wall around the outside to keep predators out and you had guard towers to make sure robbers didn't come, once the generations before you had done that, your work was to keep it up, which wasn't so bad, and then the benefit was the harvest, which was rich. So feel the horror of what God is talking about here in Proverbs. He says, here is this father who all of his life has worked in the vineyard, his father before him and his father before that, and gives his son this rich inheritance. Ancient vines and and strong walls and tall towers, but the son is full of sloth, the spiritual decay of the soul, the no care. And so all of this work of generations, when it comes into his possession and his care, He begins to ignore it. And the weeds grow up, choking out these ancient vines. The sun does nothing. The walls begin to crumble. Holes form. The sun does nothing. Predators come in and they begin to rip apart all the vines to devour the fruit to completely and utterly destroy it, and the sun does nothing. It's a metaphor. God is trying to tell us, his people, about the danger of sloth in our lives. And that vineyard that he's using, a a visible reminder, a visible thing that we can see about something that's happening in our hearts, that can happen in our hearts. And throughout the Bible, God's talking about vineyards, right? Right? So so central the vineyard is his kingdom the vineyard is our heart we even some of y'all wrote in the foundation of this building when we built it the scripture that says i am the you are the vine god we are the branches so what sacred vineyards has god put in your care given to you there's your soul For some of you, there's relationships like a spouse, children, grandchildren. God has given you gifts, skills, talents, professions. There are resources God has put in your hands that are vineyards. Then there's people in need. Are there more? These are our inheritance today, you guys. Still today, as God's children, as God's people, God is entrusting us with a piece of the promise. Saying, this is under your care. These gifts, these skills, these people are under your care and protection. And gifts and blessings like this, they take work. They take attention. They take focus. And that's why sloth is so deadly because sloth would have us just look away and just say, well, just this once, look away, or just this once, not me. And pretty soon, this beautiful vineyard that God has given us is in disrepair. Now, the interesting thing is vineyards are not just personal. They're corporate. And we share a vineyard here. As Bee Creek, we are the stewards of this area, right? God put us here to care for the people in this place. This is why we are here. We say we're going to change the world, right? So we see the world as our vineyard. It starts here, and it ripples out. This is the place we'll have the most influence. And let me just say, I believe that we're doing very, very well. But it would be slothful to say, well, we're doing well now, so we're always going to do well. So, I put in your study guide a scripture that's really, really hard to read for me, probably for you. It's about a congregation, a group of people. It was about a group in Israel. Amos the prophet is talking to them, and they have allowed sloth to permeate their fellowship. And what it looks like is this they come for worship, um, they come, they, they pray, they sing, they give. But then they walk out after their hour of worship, and they do nothing. Nothing. And so the ripples that could be going out to the whole world about we're we're God's people, and we believe, and we serve, and we love, they're cut off. And God says to them, because he's told them over and over again, so he's gotten to the end with the prophet Amos. He says, don't even pray anymore i'm not listening don't even sing your songs i don't want to hear them don't even give your offerings they're a farce because when you walk out the door you don't live like you believe see what they're doing is they'll sing and they'll pray and they'll give and then they'll walk outside and they see somebody needy and they're like "Mm." no they seek justice but only for themselves they hear the call of God, and they turn away. You guys, none of us ever want that to become our church, right? None of us. We never want our worship to be hollow and meaningless. We, we want to come here on Sunday and get filled up and be sent out by God to all the places, all the vineyards where God has given us stewardship, and we want to be good stewards and faithful. That's what we want, so how do we do it? Well, what did I say was the opposite of love? Sloth. So what is the antidote to sloth? Love. Love is the antidote. That Jesus says it over and over again. He says, people will know that you believe in me. They'll know that you're mine, not because you're wearing a cross or not because you worship on Sunday, but because you love. He said, I'm giving you a new command Love each other. And that's not a warm feeling. He's not commanding us to feel smooshy, okay? He's commanding us to show in real ways, right? Sloth is inaction. Love is action. Love has feet. Love has hands. Love has a voice. That voice is yours. So we defeat sloth by actively loving. And I know that a lot of us, when we see the needs in the world, what can cause sloth is we just say, it's too big for me. How can I ever possibly effect change on that big of a level? Oh, well, look around at each other. That's why we're here, you guys, because then we're not alone. So then I'm steward over the vineyards God's given me, and you're stewards over the vineyards God's given you, and you steward yours. And suddenly, it's not just me doing my part, but you guys doing your part, and that changes the world. And that's the vows that we take when we came to this church. When you stand up here and you join, they're a slap in the face to sloth. They're not meant to be, I'll be here one hour and I'll do my thing. It's like, no, I'm going to be here, I'm going to get filled, and then I'm out changing the world. I'm going to pray, I'm going to be a worshiper, I'm going to serve at least an hour a week, I'm going to give generously in a world that says keep it all for yourself, and I'm going to tell my story, even when I think, oh man, I wish I didn't have to talk about God, it's too scary, I'm going to tell my story, and what I tell people, even after the first service or or the second, they were walking around saying, it just feels so big, I said, well, you do, for example, service, you do your one hour. And I'm going to do my hour. We're going to trust everybody else in our congregation to do an hour. And when you add that all together, every week it's 525 hours. Somebody did the math and they said, that's a year's worth of work in a week that we give to our community here at Bee Creek. And that's how the world changes. When we all take care of the vineyard God's given us. So two things I want you to do this week. First of all, I want you to think, where has sloth worked its way into your life? Where is it that you struggle the most and you want to look away or you want to hope somebody else does it? Where is that place? And what are the few things actively loving that you could do that would slap it in the face and send it packing? Second thing I want you to do is I want you to come to a party. Would you like to come to a party? I want you to come to a party because we're going to celebrate today. We're going to celebrate the opening of our new gym. And you guys, this is a great celebration because it includes all of us. And we've got some leaders in generosity. Y'all probably know who these are. Like the person who gave a million dollars. At the very beginning, imagine that person. There's no vision for a gym. We're not having a fundraising campaign. We're not doing any. That person had the vision and said, here's a church that cares about the community. And if I gave in an incredible way, it might enable us to do something we've never done before. And so that person called a meeting with me and said, here's what I think God is calling us to do. Would you see if the church sees that? And I will begin it by giving a million dollars. To slap sloth in the face, right? Or then um, I think about Scott. I'm gonna single you out, Scott. Scott um, is the CEO of Bailey Elliott Construction. He's our general construction manager. I have to tell y'all that we have a strong building that is going to last us forever, and it has come in at budget and even under because of the hard work that Scott and his crew did. And you guys have gone above and beyond. Every day and even days that you probably shouldn't have been here, they've been here, and they have been giving back as much as saving money, giving back stuff we wouldn't even expect a construction company to give back. They give it back to us. Slap and sloth in the face, right? Yeah. And then there's Dan, and Dan's going to hate that I'm calling him out, but Dan's right back there in the green We Believe shirt. And y'all may not know Dan, but Dan has such a background in construction, such an incredible background. They call him in as an expert witness when things go wrong, right? And he said, I want to make sure that nothing ever goes wrong on this building. And Dan, you've been here every week for hours and hours and hours. He walks around, and he looks, and he makes sure it's okay. Dan has given us, through the gift of that stewardship of his skills, And the vineyard that God's given him, he has given us a gift that we could not even begin to pay for if he was charging us. We couldn't even begin to do that. That's a slap in the face to Sloth, right? Okay, you guys. So we've got an amazingly generous anonymous donor. We've got our incredible construction manager. We've got Dan Schmidt. And what if the rest of us said, well, I think they've just about got it taken care of. Let's just wait while they do what they're going to do. Do you see? It does take leaders, um, it, leaders in generosity and leaders in skills and gifts. But you guys, we wouldn't even be halfway there if this wasn't something that all of us decided. We're going to slap sloth in the face, right? We're going to give and we're going to pray. And we're going to serve. We're going to put together bleachers, and we're going to, you know, clean things up, and we're going, to, we're going to do whatever it takes. And I know that meant deep sacrifices from all of you. I know there were vacations that got scaled back. I know there were home things that you've put off so that you could help fund this. I know that when you had windfalls, some of you said, instead of using this for myself, I'm putting this towards the good of the community and the church. Everybody from the woman who increased her giving from, seven, from $5 to $7 to those of you who have given thousands and tens of thousands of dollars, um, we wouldn't do it without all of us. It takes every single one of us doing what we can with the vineyards that God has given us and saying, here's what I can do, and that's what we're celebrating today. So when you walk in there and you look at it, all of us should say, well, I couldn't have, none of us could have done this alone, but all of us can together, as long as we stand up and we do what we can. And because we've done what we can, now more people get to hear about the love of God, right? That's why we're doing it, so more people can hear about the love of God. That's worth it. That's worth every missed latte, the TV you didn't get, the hours that you could have been watching The Walking Dead and instead you were here. That's worth it. Because suddenly God's vineyard is bigger because you refused to be ruled by sloth. So, friends, when we resist sloth, it's not just the world that changes, it's us. It's us. Let's pray. God, continue to give us the courage and the generosity and the strength to see the the things that you have entrusted into our care and to do what we can. And to go above and beyond and to not say, gosh, I hope you send someone else to do that, but to know you're calling us. Thank you, God, for this community where we don't stand alone, but we stand side by side and back to back um, with leaders and people who just encourage us to be our very best. Lord, we pray you would continue to use this hour that we spend together to strengthen us and to nourish us and to move us out so that we can love actively in your community and your vineyard can grow. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.